hello, hello, hello. Great greetings, goddess. Aviola here, and welcome to the Rich Goddess Spiritpreneur Accelerator Series, where I'm going to be featuring on the podcast master gurus who are also master teachers in my Rich Goddess Spiritpreneur Accelerator program. Say that five times fast. <laughs> this is an eight-week spiritual business course for coaches, healers, priestesses, and creative gurus to help you to start, grow, or save your mission and business, help you to build a tribe that you love, and to call in your abundance. If you want to stay in the loop for this program, if it feels in alignment for you, just join my free, free, free spiritual business success camp at unblockmybusiness.com, unblockmybusiness.com, where new free lessons are uploaded often, and you'll also receive info for if you're ready to go to the next level on how to join the Rich Goddess Spiritpreneur Accelerator. Now, in that program, in the Rich Goddess Spiritpreneur Accelerator, a radical truth teller, transformation guide, inspirational writer, mental health hacker, spiritual intuitive, I wish you could see me, I'm waving my hands all around, and a motivational speaker, my friend, my sister, my A1 G goddess, <laughs> Jenna Galvin is a master coach in that program who's going to be teaching a session on making an impact with your social media. But today on the podcast, we are in for magic because Jenna is here to share her journey and how to turn curses into blessings. Welcome, Jenna. Hello, hello. Oh, my goodness. I am so in love with you. I, everyone that's listening, you have no idea how, maybe you do have an idea, but truly this woman is such a living, breathing goddess on earth. I love you so much, and I'm so happy to be here and to finally be doing this. Um, for people who are listening, Abiola and I have been friends for a bit, and she asked me to be um, on a podcast or on a this or on a something for a few months now. Um, but I honestly have been going through a new up-leveling, and what that means is I noticed some limitations and about a, a few months ago, maybe almost a year ago, and I started doing the work on it and then noticed, ah, this is a place that I can up-level, I can do the work, I can find something in here, I can find what these hidden curses are, do the work on them, turn them into blessings and move forward into my life in a more empowered way. So I began the unraveling process in March and when I went down into it, I went really down into it, and I actually stopped posting, stopped seeing clients, stopped doing my work, stopped sharing, um, and st stopped taking speaking engagements, stopped saying yes to podcasts around May. And it's now October, and I honestly didn't even feel ready yet to say yes to this. So part of the reason why I decided to was because when Abiola reached out to me about it, she did mention, you know, let's talk about some fears. Let's talk about how to move through things. And I thought to myself, what a better time to actually teach this stuff while I'm currently practicing it. So I'm being real with you. I'm in a super vulnerable place. I'm still healing and still working through some stuff. And I'm still going to be here shining my light and being authentic about it. And I'm just going to share whatever is coming up and just own whatever it is. Because no matter what, we're always good enough. We're always wise. There's always so much to share, even in our weakest times. So here I am. Oh, here you are. 
I just see this so is here why I, I love you. Here, here you are, and and they get to like bear witness who our play date. They basically get to you, you goddesses <laughs> basically get to come and play with us in this conversation because. Jenna, like, you know, like, people use the word soul sister lightly, but she literally is my soul sister. <laughs> literally. She really, really is. <laughs> literally. And like, also, literally. you know, people use, literally, <laughs> people use, you know, the term, like, feel the fear and do it anyway in a kind of, like, pat kind of, you know, way. But you doing that are, you're literally giving us all permission to really truly move through our fears and you know the only way to it is really to go through it like there's no avoiding it there's yeah. no going around it you know yeah. uh, we'll get into that in a little bit but you know thank you thank you thank you for thank you. being here yes and modeling for yeah. us how to be in the fear and to still you know be able to to hold space for yourself while you know and allowing space to be held for you. Because for us as healers, as empaths, as the beautiful giving women who are listening to this podcast, a place we're comfortable with is holding space for others, giving to others. You know, we're so comfortable in that space. When it comes to allowing ourselves to be held, ah, asking for help, ah, you know, like that is like (laughs) not a comfort zone for us. So thank you for your courage. And let me actually just tell them a little bit more about you, my sister. So Jenna, this goddess dreams of a world where there is no suffering, a world where we are all free to live and be our best selves. And all of her work is dedicated to this goal. Goddess Jenna is a transformation guide an inspirational writer, a mental health hacker, as I said, spiritual, intuitive, and motivational speaker. And in her first year, she's built an engaged tribe of 100,000-plus bright, beautiful souls who support her mission. This woman has spent the last decade of her life seeking, finding, integrating, and teaching healing modalities that truly transform lives. She is trained with the shamans of the Amazon jungle, the Kabbalists of Israel, all the way to leaders of the personal development field in the United States. She carries a degree from Cornell University, where she studied psychology, neurology, and philosophy. She's undergone yoga instructor training as well as heart path life coach training. She is integrated into her coaching Many mystic teachings and modalities from the East to the West. Jenna's education, client experience, and her personal story make her one well-rounded healer and teacher. Yes, Jenna. <laughs> that is you. That um, is before you. Before I talk about how, <laughs> before I say thank you, and I'm so proud that I can say all that, um, I do want to go back to what you were saying right before that because, mm-hmm. first of all, thank you. And it does take a lot of courage to be in the space and to hold myself and to allow others to hold me. But I do really want you to know truth, truly, and everyone in this program to understand something about Abiola that 
there's so much love and care and nurturing and, and guidance and everything that you provide to allow people to feel so safe. And I truly have always, from the second that we met over the internet, but the second that we met, I just felt this immense amount of Oh, I can be safe here and I can exhale here and I can let whatever comes, whatever arises to just fly. And there's really that feeling of purely fully being seen and knowing that, you know, no matter what happens, I, this person sees me, this person can understand me and this person can hold truly safe space. And in the current world, in the current world that we are living in, this is such a powerful gift and it's such a hard thing for so m- I mean, look out in the world. It's obvious. It is yeah. such a rare and hard thing to have. And so not only do I want to say thank you for me, for you to be holding that space for me, but thank you for being that and showing that and sharing that in this world because this is what we need in this time so, so tremendously. So seriously, thank you. And I'm honored to be here. I feel truly safe with you. So thank you. Oh, thank you, sis. See, you are just <laughs> just focused on making me cry in this conversation. <laughs> Before we even our meet. whole podcast is just going back and forth telling each other how much we love each other. <laughs> but you know what? A part of the process really is just learning how to receive that. You know, it, it's interesting. Yeah. Like I, you know. I, it's almost like, you know, one of the things we should probably teach at some point also is just the care and feeding of empaths, you know, like how do we, you know, (laughs) take care of and, you know, learning how to feel our feelings. Like it just seems like such a, a simple thing, like when you say it, but I know that like you have had a, a, a history with disordered eating, as have I. And so many of us as women, you know, never learned how to be able to feel our joys, feel our pains, mm-hmm. feel anger. For example, in my family, you know, it was like very clear about who was allowed to be angry and who was not, who yeah. was allowed to feel their feelings and who was not. And so then we get into places where we're numbing and we're avoiding and we're, you know, running from and hiding from. And so, you know, thank you for saying that because part of my journey as I hold space for others in allowing ourselves to, you know, be seen, be heard, you know, put our voice out there is to do the same myself. Because as you said, you know, in a way we teach what we most need to learn. And so, you know, being able to be seen and being able to be heard is a big part of overcoming, moving through fear. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So if someone, Goddess Jenna, is listening and she, you know, well, let me share this with you first. I shared with my group um, your incredible first YouTube video, and I will link to it so that people can see the video. Um, the, the, the rawness with which you felt comfortable and uncomfortable to share yourself was magnetizing, hypnotic, and beautiful. Um, I know it's been a while since you made that video, but can you share with us what the energy was for you behind making that video? From <laughs> not ready yet, which is our rallying cry. I'm not ready yet. Move from not ready yet to 
Wait. <laughs> this is a, a huge, huge conversation, and there's so much that I want to teach on this. The first thing I want to say, which is connected to, the, to what you shared before about your family, is that I truly think that our problems are not fear itself. It's not suffering itself. It's that we don't allow ourselves to experience those things. So I think that at the very beginning, as soon as you're able to say, oh, you know what, I, I do feel fear and that's okay. As soon as we say, you know what, I do feel sad. I do feel depressed. I do feel this. I am experiencing this pain. As soon as we get to that moment and then we're able to say, you know what, and I'm still worthy and I still love myself and that's perfectly okay. And I'm perfectly capable of showing up even in the space of fully holding that and move through it. Um, and that, that is what I did in that YouTube video. Uh, and it's honestly one of the things I'm most proud of, which is so funny because I was in such a str- I was, I mean, if you, if, if any of you haven't seen it, if you, if you go and you watch it, and for those of you who have seen it, I'm not sure if you can fully tell, but I was shaking like crazy and I'm sweating and crying and cursing and so just rambling on and on and sharing something so vulnerable and something I've never really been able to talk about or say out loud and truly um, my fear at the moment was I was very afraid of, of being on camera and it was a very long time coming that I, I had already started my Facebook page I already made my Instagram and Twitter and all of that and everyone was saying to me you got to get on video. You got to get on video. And I felt tremendous fear about it. And it's, if you, I'm telling you, you got, you got to watch the video, but I'll tell you a little bit right now. The, the main fear at the time was, uh, was very afraid of, of being physically seen because I had experienced when I was nine years old, I was hit by a dog on my face and I was awake for the surgery and it was in a different country. And when I returned back home, you know, I had 86 black stitches through my face, from my nose, through on the top of my lip, through my lip, wow. and to the bottom of my lip. And before that, before that had happened, I loved performing and being, I, I kind of wanted to be an actress, and I loved singing, and I, I just loved expressing myself. And then I returned home, and the last thing that I wanted to do was be seen. I just wanted to hide, and everyone that was staring at me, um, it was just, it was really, really difficult. And again, you know, if something happens to you, a trauma like that, younger than 10, that's one of those things that really sticks with you. So the fear was just so tremendous. And it doesn't matter that I'm a, I'm a beautiful woman. It has nothing to do with reality. It has to do with that fear and that inner child, that girl that still feels so tremendously afraid. And I think that so much of the fears that we have, they're not about what's going on in, in current reality. They have nothing to do with what's rational, but they're so unconscious and they're so deep-rooted in our soul, in our pain, and sometimes even an inherited trauma from someone past, someone, maybe our grandparent, maybe something like that. There's so much at play. And I think that the real problem comes when we take it as fact and we say, oh, this fear exists in real life, and therefore that's it. And then we don't move through it. And when we allow ourselves to say, hey, this is a real feeling, and then when we actually move in the direction of fear, you can actually, through moving through it, find that freedom, which is exactly what happens in the video. You'll see, like, live 
as I'm talking through my, as I'm sharing the vulnerabilities and, and crying about how scared I am, at a certain point, you just kind of watch this total shift happen and the whole energy in my body and even the bit like it's so apparent uh it's pretty unbelievable I, I almost can't believe that i got it on video camera because either this process is something that everyone can do whether it's fear or whether you're moving through depression or whether you're moving through a limiting belief no matter what it is that you're moving through when you're actually willing to totally jump right into it a shift is bound to happen and it's because you have decided to show up for yourself regardless of that. And it's not, you know, this isn't something special that only I can do. This is a this is something every single person can do and it's not just something we can do, but it's our birthright because these things don't have to hold us back forever. And the reason that they're here most often is because they're actually signaling to us that there's so much power beneath that. And a lot of times when we feel fear, when we're not afraid, when we're afraid to go in a certain direction, it's usually because our greatest joys, our greatest gifts, our greatest pleasure and joy will come from that area. And part of us is self-sabotaging and is a little bit afraid. And so if we start to ask the questions and we go there willing We'll see it totally shift and break through. And it's almost like, you know, it's almost like in a video game, you're able to jump from level one to level 10 just by going through the fear instead of just trottling along. So yes. that was a big tangent, but that that's no, what I think about that. No tangent. <laughs> no, no, no. That is exactly it. That's exactly it. That, you know, the reason why, like, I, I, I have seen women – feel a shift in their own confidence from showing them your video. They have then watched it and had a shift in themselves by just watching you go through that process. And I think that this is really important, everything that you just said, because oftentimes for many different reasons, you know, we, we think that we can reason ourselves out of a fear or we think, okay, well, I'm going to meditate yeah. myself out of it. Or, you know, like on the spiritual tip, you think, okay, well, I can pray or meditate myself out of it. For those of right. us who, Let me just who say some you know, have an academic background, right. you think I can think myself, right, right. Yeah. Or I can say affirmations or I can think myself out of it or I'll read more books or I'll, but then <laughs> such power in just doing it, literally in yeah. just doing it like that there is yeah. and it sounds so simple but it really is life shifting to be in your body because a lot of times we're not in our bodies we're not in our in the moment you yeah. know we're we're either you know like i have dealt with anxiety for all of my life so you know people who are anxious they say are concerned about what will happen people who are in depression are concerned about what has happened and then a lot of us are existing in a medley of a lovely melody mix you know of all of it right but being able to be present the power of presence <laughs> is so transformational and so healing and so thank you for sharing with us that you know you have been on a journey just recently even in this past six months for someone who's yeah. saying okay well i want to make a shift in my life i want to move through my fear what are some of the things that they should be doing you know to move through fear yeah. to heal okay there's a bunch of different things, and um, I do want to say I know that a lot of this sounds extremely simple. Like, oh, you're afraid? Just go do it. <laughs> like, okay, good advice. I totally get that. So one thing I want to talk about, um, so 
I'm sure that you guys have heard this before, but you know how fear stands for false evidence appearing as real. And so want to talk about in your current reality, if you start to ask yourself, okay, what am I afraid of, right? And I call this process excavating because it's kind of like you're digging to find what's really beneath the surface. So on the surface, aka in current reality, you might say something like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid of how people will see me, or I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of how something will turn out, or I'm afraid of, you know, because, oh, I experienced this once before, and I'm afraid it will happen exactly the same, so I'm just not going to do it. I'm afraid of what people will think about me, yada, yada. It can go on and on, right? So I just want to, I'm going to show, um, I guess I'm going to go through the process just to, to, to show it to you because I think it's easier that way. Mm-hmm. So excavating is kind of like, you, it's a back and forth inquiry process with yourself. So it goes a little something like this. <laughs> you have to shoot around um, different potential pieces of the false evidence until one of them resonates. So the first thing that you're going to do is when you say, okay, I'm afraid of this, you're going to ask yourself, oh, and what what am I afraid of? And immediately in your head, so many different thoughts are going to pop up, okay? And a lot of these thoughts are from the collective unconscious. They're from your neighbor next door. I'm sure I'm talking to a lot of empaths in here, okay? Mm-hmm. They're from, you know, mm-hmm. your mom. They're from your dad. They're whatever. And so you're going to first just sit and stay centered and embodied in your truth. And as you kind of sift through the different thoughts that are floating around you, you're going to ask yourself, which one of these feels true to me? Which one of these actually resonates? And if, if you guys are, I'm, I'm hearing that this crowd is a little bit advanced in their spiritual development. So at this point, you might already know, um, like, your, your mode of direction, like, your way of functioning. So for some of you, that might be, you know, you feel truth in your gut. For some of you, it might be something you hear. For some of you, it might be something that you, you can kind of just sense it and you feel it in your outer energetic body. So whatever it is for you, your mode, your way of knowing, trust that and ask it and say, which one is true to me? Which one resonates? Then when you find that target, that's when we can start doing the work. So it looks a little bit something like this. Um, Let's pick, let's say the belief is, what if I fail, okay? So then you're going to ask yourself, so what? So what if I fail? So what? Then, so uh, then I'll be a failure. A failure to who? A failure to everyone. So um, then no one will like me. And then no one will want to be with me. So then I'll be alone. So then I'll die. And so that seems really crazy and really extreme. And holy shit, how did I just get from what if I fail to all of a sudden my real belief is I'll die? And I know that seems really crazy and maybe that's foreign. But if you do the excavating process, if you really keep on asking yourself questions where you say, where you repeat back with a question mark, you say, so, and, then, what? When you ask yourself these things and you allow yourself to, resp- to respond and to listen, you'll be pretty shocked what's actually underneath the surface. And once you can see that, once you can excavate and find the real, the real core beliefs and fears in your unconscious, that's when you can move through the fear with confidence. Because all of a sudden you know, oh, it's not that I'm afraid of failure. It's not that I'm afraid of it. It's not. It's actually this deep thing. And that specific belief about then I'll die. Or so once you get to that moment where you hear, then I'll die, then I'll be alone, then I'll be shunned or some, when it gets really deep, here's the thing about these 
specific beliefs. It's perfectly evolutionary, biological that you would think these things. And this isn't even about you. This is literally your survival guide saying to you, I need to ensure that I survive. And because these are my deep-rooted fears, I will hold myself back from doing all these things. So you have to understand for you know, the majority of human existence up until very recently, we were extremely tribal people. And if anyone would do something wrong or something bad, you would get shunned out of the group. And that meant back then, that meant death, 100%. Because why we needed to become tribal and family and stay together was because we all said we shared fire, we shared food, we had protection from all the different threats around us. So if you were shunned from the group, that equaled your death. And so Still to this day, because of epigenetics and because of the fact that we are wired to increase our survival and we pass down different genetic codes in order to ensure human species survival, this is why we still have these fears. The problem is, right now, I can't get shunned from anywhere. If someone rejects me, I can go on Tinder and find someone else. If someone, you know, if I get kicked out of yes. school, I can apply <laughs> to a different school. If I get removed from my family, I can find my soul family over the Internet. We are no longer living in these old times where those rules still apply, yet our bodies are still biologically wired to have us going through this process. So when it comes up, you've got to start the excavation and get to that point and realize, okay, this is biological. And once you get to that moment, you have to learn to sit with yourself and be there with full acceptance, almost like, it's almost like parenting yourself. I always envision sitting down and kind of like holding myself in my own arms and cradling myself and just loving on myself and fully accepting myself and telling myself, it's okay. You're perfect. Don't worry. It's wonderful. You're Even if you fall, you'll still be held because I'm always holding you. And I think that that, having this higher level of awareness or love or acceptance is really key. Um, I say, and now, of course, I, I can't fully remember it, but it's something like, you know, your fear can take up whatever space that your faith is not occupying. So if you have, you know, if you kind of have belief in yourself, but not fully, you're more prone to allow fear to take over you. But if you, and again, let's just pause and remember, all humans, no matter how spiritually evolved you are, you're going to feel fear because you're still human, okay? So that's first of all. But nonetheless, if you, if you have this overarching faith, and this faith, it's not religious faith. You don't even have to believe in God. It's just this overall faith and knowing in your body, in your stomach, in your, in your heart, this feeling of, even if I fall, I'll be held. Even if I crumble, I can grow back. Even if anything, I know that it's okay. And even if I don't rise again, even if I don't build anew so strong, it doesn't matter because there's something bigger at play than just this reality. There is something grander that is going on. And every single time that I fall, I stumble, I make a mistake, it is for my evolution. And therefore, I am grateful for it. So as soon as you yes. get to that, nothing can stop you. Oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. That was so juicy. So <laughs> compact. And I'm like, <laughs> like, Yes, yes, and a thousand times, yes, you know, that I talk about this all the time, that 
as tribal beings, as tribal creatures, we will talk about love out of money, out of, you know, for it to be accepted by the tribe, to be loved by the tribe, to not be rejected, to not feel cast out. You know, we will do things that are counterintuitive and you feel like, okay, well, why am I doing that? Because for you, the payoff, you know, the payoff mm-hmm. is whatever looks like love to you, you know? And yeah. so I'm so glad that you shared that excavation process. Actually, that was something that in Bali for the goddesses who were with me, who I was blessed to um, hold space for at my retreat in Bali, it was really powerful. We did the excavation process in person and being oh, able nice. to, you know, ask those questions, yeah, and help to tear away those beliefs, you know, or at least bring awareness to them in person, I think is was really, really powerful. Now, a lot of people may feel like, Jenna, um, I know I hear a lot from our group, people feel like, well, why am I not there yet? Well, I tried this or I do that. Like they think, you know, like, okay, well, I, you know, that they, they, they don't, that it's, I've done this. I did that. I went to this therapist or I read that book and I did this process. Why am I not there yet? Why am I still working on this? Can you address that a bit? You know, the fact that, you know, if <laughs> you have these beliefs for 20, 30, 40 years, however long you've been on the planet, you know, that it's not an overnight thing, but more like a peeling of yeah. an onion thing. Yeah, yes. I can talk about this a lot. <laughs> a lot. So one, before I get into the, the before I put on my teacher hat, let me first put on my solidarity hat and be like, I feel you. I'm there too sometimes. Yes. Despite the thing that I'm about to tell you and teach you, despite knowing that, yes. I still, still, when things come up, and specifically what's been going on recently, I decided to move home. I specifically noticed that I was self-sabotaging myself. So I'll tell you, okay, a little bit of a backstory. So the past few years, I jumped into what, I'm, what I've been doing so fast, so radically, and I was just like, let's go. Let's do it. I made one-year, three-year, and five-year goals, and in one year, I hit 90% of even my five-year goals. I did all the crazy spiritual practice. I did all the stuff, all the manifesting <laughs> stuff, okay? And I got all of it. And then about, you know, a year, once I passed a year and a half into it, I started getting offered to speak on bigger stages. I started, I upped my prices for working with clients, honestly, in the hopes that some would drop off because I, I couldn't handle it. Was, my wait list was too big. I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm at a new level. Let me up my price. And no one dropped off. Yes. Everyone can say <laughs> yes. So one, I know this is like a good problem to have, and I might sound whatever for saying this, but this is just my truth. So anyways, I started to notice all of a sudden when I started, you know, I, I was at Richard Branson's house with other entrepreneurs doing this type of stuff. And I just felt more and more when these opportunities would come to me, there was something about my energy that felt, you know, with, with, on the one hand, both of my arms were wide open and I was moving forward with my body and receiving it. And then as it was coming in, there was part of me that retreated. And I felt this like two steps forward, one step back kind of a thing. And when I started doing the excavation on the beliefs around that, on why am I noticing that there's part of me that isn't happy, that actually doesn't feel fully fulfilled receiving and getting all this stuff. I started to really ask myself questions and it came down to this, mm, 
what I'm now understanding. And again, I'm still very much in the process, but as I'm speaking, and it might change in the future, but I'm going to share the truth that I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. I started to feel this, you know what, unalignment or, or non-integration with issues such as money, fame, power, and success. And when I really started to ask myself a lot of these questions, it truly came down to unresolved issues with my dad. And I can't get into all the details about that yet. But the point is, when that came up, I started to say to myself, okay, here's the thing. I now know this. Here's the awareness. I can definitely do the work where I'm at. And I can move on. I can, you know, move where I want to in the world. I can continue to do retreat. I can continue to do all this stuff. And I can continue to move two steps, three steps, five steps, ten steps forward. But if I don't choose to do the work right now, I will still be still moving one step back. So that's when I decided, okay, I need to return home and do this work and do the deep unraveling process. And as I started to unravel, now I'm getting back to the point, as I started to unravel, I felt for the first time since I healed my lifelong depression, since I healed my lifelong, since I healed all these things and I've been living a blissful life for over five years, for the first time, as I chose to unravel and deal with this transformation, and as I opened my arms wide and said, let me feel it, let me do it, I actually did experience deep sadness and depression. And I started to feel these traumas from childhood that I honestly never saw before. And one of the mm-hmm. things that I noticed was as I was doing that process, there was a lot of not necessarily shame for this specific process, but there was this feeling of like, aren't I further along? Like, how could it be that, like, how is it even possible that I could feel this way? Like, I can't even believe that I'm in this process. Like, shouldn't I be, you know, like, I've done this, I've done that. Like, I'm so further along. I guess it's like, it's kind of like a, it's like a bitterness. Like, it's like, I ate this food, but I still feel bitter. I still taste bitterness. It was like, it was like, I can't believe that I'm here. And for a long, like maybe for a good month, a lot of me was just sitting and feeling into that. And then I paused and I sat with myself and you know what? And I was like, wait a minute. Like, who says that, you know, you only up-level once? Like, who convinced you that, oh, yes. heal your problems once and then forever you're good? And, like, and even if that were the case, how sad. How sad to think that <laughs> forever in my life there won't be any more up-levels. How terrible to think for the rest of my life I won't learn any new lessons. We are here in this life to evolve. And the only way that we evolve is through these contrast experiences. But the thing is, these contrast experiences don't need to be painful. We don't need to suffer along with them as we are experiencing the painful experience. There is a way to hold it, love it. Be crying hysterically and smiling and feeling such pride, such self-acceptance, such deep, immense gratitude for yourself for being willing to do this work. And as far as growing forward, you know, I honestly, part of the thing was, okay, now back to this business talk, right? When I paused and I was like, I need to focus on myself. I can't see clients right now. I'm not even going to post on social media. A lot of my other spiritpreneur friends were like, you're going to kill your engagement rates. Like literally, like you worked so hard to get your conversion rates and your engagement rates so high because you've been so good on social media and all that. And like, you, you're going to lose all of it. And part of me did feel that fear. And then I said, okay, wait a minute. Yes, I'm here to teach. Yes, I'm here to give over things over social media. Yes, I'm here to be a fully empowered spiritpreneur goddess. Yes. And 
what I am primarily here in this life to do is to personally evolve. Personally evolve as the soul yes. that is inhabiting this body and in this time. And that that journey has nothing to do with what it looks like on this world. Nothing. So whenever you're in a yes. moment where you're like, oh, I'm not there yet. There's something deeper. There's something grander. There's something bigger. There's something larger. And your soul, your higher self, goddess, God, whatever you want to believe in, that thing is the thing that's calling to you in those moments. So try not to get caught up in what, what looks like what's going on in this reality because there is something more at play. Oh, my gosh. That is so, so powerful. That is so powerful because a lot of times, you know, we create our goals and we have the blueprint, you know, and there was one point, like, I remember <laughs> I had, like, three years of my life planned out and I was so excited that I had to do a blueprint for three years. Like, okay, and you know, year three at this month, here's what I'm going to be doing, you know, but then life happens, life happens yeah. and being able to take care of ourselves and support ourselves is really, you know, you can't evolve if you're not taking care of yourself. You can't hold space yeah. for others if you're not taking care of yourself. And so the beautiful yeah. thing is that our parents, our parents did the best that they could with whatever they knew, and now we get to reparent ourselves. You know, now yes. we get to, yeah, we get to remother and refather ourselves. And sometimes that means saying, "Hey, you know, little Jenna or little Abiola, you're gonna, <laughs> you know, now get to retreat and just take a step back yeah. and just be you." And ah, what yes. a relief that is! <laughs> what what a relief! Like, that what an incredible gift that we get to give ourselves in those moments and you know i'm thinking more about what the specific question you asked and and you know it's hard we all get there sometimes and and of course you know when i hear that the only reason that we ever feel that is is because we're comparing ourselves to some other model or to something else that we've seen outside but it's and you know everyone says this you know, don't compare. And comparison is terrible. But it's not just that, you know, comparison is terrible and this and that. It's like, it's, it's so much more. I, you know, I can't even put words to it. It's like we are all living our own lives and experiencing the outer world and how it impacts us and how we affect it and this whole relationship. And when we look at another person's life, we're not and, – and, and compare ourselves to it. It's not, it's not just that, oh, we're putting ourselves down, we're putting them down. It's like we are really on, it feels like such an utter, like we're just slapping ourselves. Like we're saying that, like, you know what, my journey isn't special enough or unique enough or, or I should compare. It's, it's, we're all here with such unique, specific things to learn that it makes no sense. It literally it makes no sense to compare. Um, and... It's hard. We all fall into that sometimes. But I would just suggest, you know, going back to your own self, finding out, asking your own questions. And it's like, there's no such, like, success does not, like, I keep on thinking, you know, when I, when I die, okay, if I, let's say I get to a million followers on Instagram, okay, when I die, do you think that I'm going to look back and say, oh, man, I was so successful. I, my greatest joy was reaching a million people on Instagram. Like, no, of course I'm not going to think about that. 
the things that I will think about, the things that I will be grateful for, the things that I will be so damn proud of myself for, were those times that I held myself in fear, in sadness, in love, when I was willing to receive, when I was willing to feel, when I loved others, when I forgave others, when I had children, when I was with my soul sisters, when I gave to people, when I saw people smile because of something that I did, when I heard people saying to me that I helped their lives in some way, when I I was able to sit with myself and say, you know what? Things are shitty right now, but I love myself. When I was able to sit with myself and say, oh my God, I am celebrating because life is amazing and I am worthy of all of it. All of those moments, those are going to be the things that I'm going to look back and say, this is what made my life successful. None of the other shit. And listen, it's not, it's, we got to do it because we're here in this world to do it, but don't ever get caught up in the, in the like strange physical reality success game. Cause that's, that's not what it's about. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I I could talk to you like all day, Jenna. But okay, so here's here's my last question for this conversation. (laughs) Here's my last question for this conversation. How do we how do we turn curses into blessings? And I feel like that may be the name of your uh book, Curses into Blessings. But how do we yeah, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it for a very long time, and I do. I it is it is a it is a book title. Um, uh, so this is the practice that I do with with one on one clients, and I'll, I'm just, I'm trying to give you a quick answer over this podcast. But it's and I've said it I've said it a few different times throughout this whole conversation, and it's something I say or I try to say at least in, in everything that I write and everything that I post, everything that we experience, all the all the quote unquote bad stuff, right? Everything that we've ever cursed. I truly believe those things are secretly our blessings. And the reason for me personally, the reason that I was able to find that out as, as my truth was when I was very, very young, I was diagnosed with depression disorder, anxiety, OCD, ADHD, ADD, dyslexia, all those things. And then once that's what they told me, I experienced that over and over again. It only got worse. And when I was 21, I actually attempted to take my own life. And when I woke up from it, for the first time ever, I said to myself, okay, you know what? I, I can't listen to this. For some reason, there was this small, small, tiny voice inside of me that said, follow, follow me. Just listen. Just believe. Just, tr- just trust. And for the first time ever, I said, you know what? Maybe this thing, maybe this curse that I thought I've had my entire life, maybe it's here for a reason. And maybe instead of numbing, running, hiding, and escaping it, maybe I'm supposed to go towards it. Maybe it's actually not a curse. Maybe it's something that was given to me as a gift. And even though I don't understand it, even though I I don't, you know, sometimes I wish it away, it's here for a reason, and I have to find out why. And that was the first time that I I thought those things, and I ignored the psychotherapist. I ignored the psychiatrist. I ignored my mom wanted to pull me out of Cornell and send me to a depression rehabilitation center where they would, like, force me into medication. And, And I was just, for the first time, I said, you know what, everyone, just pause, wait. I am hearing, I am trusting myself right now, wait. And it took a lot for them to all pause, but I knew for the first time there's something here. And I spent six months going inwards and doing this process. And it's a very long story that I'll get to another day, but I woke up at the end of these six months. I woke up with, I can't even describe to you the kind of bliss 
the kind of gratitude that I felt things through my veins. I mean, it was as if every single cell in my body had come alive for the first time and was like dancing and cheering my name and being so damn grateful. And I just keep thinking, you know, that was the first time that that ever happened, that I had turned what I had, what I thought I was cursed with my entire life, that I had turned it into a blessing. And not just a blessing of like, oh, I feel great right now, but it became my life purpose, knowing that I was given those things in order to transform them, in order to be able to transform others and change the world, which was my dream since I was born. This is the earliest thing I can remember is I want to change the world for the better. And it's not just a matter of, oh, let me do this professionally, but personally. It became this thing that I've never been more proud of myself for anything than being able to hold what I believe was a curse and actually be willing to bless it. And then I went on to do that with my history of eating disorders, with sexual assaults, with everything that I've ever experienced. There was a moment, even even horrible narcissist ex-boyfriends, being able to feel, wow, I feel so down, so cursed, so stuck and trapped with this thing. And it's almost like, you know, when you're trapped in a, in a prison, there's a lot of things you can do. You can either, you can fight it, you can resist it, you can hide it, you can pretend you're not there, whatever. Or if you sit in it and you're willing to actually sit in it and go inwards, all of a sudden there's, tr- there's more freedom there than even outside. And it's almost like, you know, you can walk out once you're let go, once you're able to walk outside, you're able to look around and you can see that everyone else that never spent time in that prison cell, everyone else that didn't get that curse, they don't feel as blessed as you. It's like you can kind of look at other people and and for a lot, for the majority of this world, you know, they're just, they're, they're walking along and things are up and down and whatever. But you being able to have a curse, being able to reach those low, low lows, getting to the very bottom of it, you actually find that there's like a springboard there. And you're then able to jump and reach and rise to a level that no one else can. So the things that we curse can also be our blessings. And I think that the truth remains in the paradox of that. So I think, I know that was pretty out there, but if you can feel that, I think you can get it. (laughs) This was an incredible, powerful, beautiful conversation. (laughs) And as she said, our energies were just too powerful for technology today, but our energies, Jenna and her story is exactly what we needed to hear today. And so what you have is what Jenna has provided us with is an open space for you to hold space for yourself, for your own authenticity, for your own courage, for your own journey, and for your own light. So I was telling them where to be able to find you. Tell us where to be able to find you. And they should know this is just the first of many conversations they're going to hear from us together. So (laughs) You know, Abiola, I kind of feel a retreat in us together as well. Maybe I can see some some goddessy gathering stuff. Let's do it. Jenna, you know what? Oh, my God. Okay, so here is just radical truth and authenticity. So written in front of me is radical embodiment and retreat. And I was going to talk to you off um, off air, you know, because I'm your friend and I love you and I care about you. And I know that you have personally taken steps back 
uh, in the past year. And so I didn't want to ask you on camera <laughs> or on, you know, on the phone or wherever we are now. And yeah. I was going to say to you, like, I had it all planned in my head. I was like, I'm going to say to her, listen, you don't have to answer now, but here's the retreat that I'm wanting to do for 2018. Don't feel pressured. And I had it in my head. I'm going to tell you, don't feel pressured to answer now. You can get back to me and let me know. I've been looking at Belize. I've been looking at Guatemala. I want to do a whole in- initiation process for women. And yes. I had my whole, like, spiel. Like, I felt like I was going to be asking the prop. <laughs> to marry me you know like okay you know here's my ring will you do it so yay oh oh my god i love see this is synchronistic union this is what happens when you allow goddess to move through you and you just are embodied in the moment and just throw caution to the wind i didn't even it's so funny to think about it i we're totally on a podcast right now and i just totally and I didn't even consider, oh, maybe she'll say no. Maybe, oh, this is so awkward. People are listening. Like, fuck it. Just do it. So anyways, I love you. And that's amazing. I love that you already had that written down. Let's, I'm down. Let's do it. So you goddesses, look for a retreat coming in the future from me with my sister, Jenna, which will be amazing. You can find her at Jenna Galbut, J-E-N-N-A-G-A-L-B-U-T, on Instagram. She's on Facebook. She's on Twitter. She's on YouTube. She's on Pinterest. And I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. You are. There. And my name is Jenna Galbit, so it's G-A-L-B-U-T, like a gal with a butt. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to say. And I got the butt to prove it. And she has so, the booty yeah, to prove find it. Me anywhere. <laughs> I got the booty to prove it. Yeah, so find me anywhere. And you'll see, I um I came out and I did actually post on Facebook and on Instagram for the first time since May or June, something like that, so months, I actually posted um, my, you know, my Me Too story, um, which is something that, you know, it's, I've honestly been in the process of unraveling it the past few months. Um, honestly, Abiola and I have been talking about it. since since Trump yeah. came into office, I have yeah. been feeling the feminine roaring inside yeah. of me, and there's been lots of new up leveling and integration. And I think this is this is the time that we're speaking out. And so, doing this kind of women's work owning our power, standing in our truth, sharing our vulnerability, and knowing that no matter how we share, no matter how we show up, no matter what it is, we are always more than good enough because we are being our true selves. And that is what we are here right now in this time to do. Yes. Amen. I say so be it. And so it is. Yes. So be it. I love it. I love so, you. And I love all of you also. Yes. I, feel, I know that you're not here right now, but I feel your energy. They're here. Very, I love this space. They're up in here. They're I love up it. in here. Yes, I love it too. And so, Goddess Jenna, I'm so excited to talk about our retreat. Like, I can't believe I was all ready to propose yes. and ask you about this. <laughs> and so I look forward to talking to you about that. And so you goddesses who are listening, look forward to that announcement coming soon. Soon, soon, soon. Um, And if you are feeling in alignment with my free spiritual business success camp, then definitely take advantage of that at unblockmybusiness.com. Be seen, be heard, be a movement. This was so amazing. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Goddess Jenna, for this beautiful conversation. 
Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and thank you, goddesses, who are listening. Thank you for shining in your own light and being willing to show up. Showing up by itself is a spiritual and radical practice. And so I honor you. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. Namaste, my goddesses.